0: Um, so this is gonna win Best Picture, by the way. So just it's,
1: it's not, it's not, it, it just won the best. It just won Best Drama for Golden Globes. It's gonna it win did, Best Picture yeah. for Oscars. It's it's literally swept the whole entire world season. <laughs> That's why I chose it. <laughs> oh, I thought this was some like C list
0: movie well, I thought that
1: I just picked something out of nowhere, <laughs>
0: like no one's ever seen oh, before.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, no, Frances Dorman's going to get the best actress
0: Yeah, but she deserves it for a lot of things She deserves it for a lot of other
1: movies Oh, no, and I think she was fabulous in this She just walked around
2: and looked confused the whole time
1: It's hard to do that and be captivating
2: It wasn't captivating!
1: Well, 98% of the critics seem to believe so
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast, Watch Better Movies, where we like to highlight underappreciated films that we think deserve more attention. As always, I'm Ben. Matthew. And I'm Colin. And today we're talking about Nomadland, starring Frances McDormand, directed by Golden Globe Award winner (sighs) Chloe Zhao.
1: Is that how you say that? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Chloe Zhao. Very impressed. Making her the second woman to ever win the award. Zhao has also directed a movie called *The Writer*, which people keep recommending to me. Have you seen that? I'm
1: really scared to recommend it, but it's incredible. You can uh, recommend it to me then. I think it's a phenomenal.
0: So Matthew, way this better was, than *Nomadland*. This was your recommendation. Um, could you give a short synopsis?
1: No Land is the story of Francis of Dormant's character, Fern. Uh, she um, was at, what was the name of the place, the town? Uh, I don't Empire. even remember. Empire, she, uh, Nevada, Empire, Nevada. It's the only part of the movie yes, I remember. Yes, Colin's favorite part of the film was the opening parts where there were words on the screen that explain what the story is going to be about, and Colin's gripe is it was not about that. Anyways, uh, oh, I'm waiting. I'm just gonna sit quiet. Fern, let you get through this part. Oh, f- Fern is uh, goes out there with her husband uh, to this area to where apparently the whole entire city was based off of the production of sheetrock. Um, and her husband passes away, and she kind of gets lost and doesn't. Re- you know, this is where they moved, where everything was, and then she. Proceeds to become a nomad, and uh, fixes up a van and makes it basically like an RV. And uh, she proceeds; she, you know, goes from job to job and city to city and town to town. And she's older in life, so it's not exactly that she's marketable to get a great job. And so these are the jobs that she can get. And she finds herself uh, on her way to, uh, I believe it's in Arizona, I think, uh, where she finds like this nomad community of people that are in RVs or turn their vans into RVs, and they find solace and community and the down state that they're in because either they like this life and they chose it, or they felt like, you know, because of their socioeconomic status, they were forced into it, but they found a uh, community together. It's a story of her wandering aimlessly, as Colin might think, uh, through life, uh, trying to, you know, find jobs, but ultimately she finds relationships and she finds meaning even in the midst of wandering around in grief, um, you know, finding her disconnected from her family and and just what it looks like to struggle throughout life through pain, through economic struggles and where your home actually is. And so, um, the, to Colin's point, the movie doesn't have a grand plot. Um, I haven't haven't made any points yet, Matthew. I'm sorry. We've talked, we've talked prior, but that's somewhat what the story is about. Um, you know, I I feel, I don't feel guilty. (laughs) Um, One, uh, Colin's face was shocked a minute ago. One of the reasons I chose this as a recommendation is, one, I do think this is a good movie, and I might be in disagreement with my comrades here. Um, I recommended it because it's not going to break box office hits, but it's also pretty much cleaning house on the award circuit right now and just won Best Drama for Golden Globes and will very likely win Best Picture for the Oscars. I think that is very confusing to Colin, and we can talk about that. Um, But I like to watch films that are nominated because they're often something like Colin thought this was just some C grade random. I
2: did. I thought this was just some um, movie in your back pocket that you just, you know, really felt drawn to. And then about 30 seconds before we started recording, I was informed that this is an award
1: winning uh, movie. And that was
2: (laughs) surprising
1: to me. (laughs) We have asked Colin to be honest, um, and he's already holding back tension with how gently he said, "surprising to him." I think it was appalling to you.
2: No, this was the stupidest movie I've ever watched. Like there was no plot, there was nothing that happened, there was barely a story. It was just the same as if I walked around like with a camera behind you for an hour and a half. And then, and then, okay, it got it got the box. It, it's getting all these awards. This movie cost $6 million. It's made $1 million. What does it matter if it gets an award if you lose $5 million? Okay, I'm done. Well, Colin.
1: (laughs) So are you saying the success of art is only if people pay a lot of money for it? Or can something not be genuinely great even if people don't appreciate it? Oh, This is a much different philosophical or a much deeper philosophical Uh, conversation. I'm going to break you. Go ahead.
2: Uh, I think that things have the value that we place on them. And I think sometimes you can think something has a lot more value than it actually does. And I think, based on what I am looking at, this movie has a lot less value than some people think it does.
1: This, I think, would be a movie that a lot of people would say, this is exactly what I mean when I have a problem with film critics and Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic and things like that. That film critics have this great appreciation for this whole high and lofty idea of art that most of the populace actually does not share. And this gets a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, but... There's no way that 94% of the people that actually watch the film will appreciate this.
0: Does it say the uh, audience score? Yes, and I think Tomatoes?
1: Colin might be shocked. But uh, so Go ahead, just just hurt me more. So 78% is the audience what? score. What? Um, I'm, I'm actually surprised by that too, to be honest. And 7.6 is the user score on Metacritic. And for that matter, on Rotten, uh, blah, 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 IMDB, it's 7.6. So it's not as if this got a critic review of an A and the rest of the world gave it a 42
2: Maybe something's wrong with me. This oh,
1: is how I felt it. with The Last Jedi. you know. Yeah, Last Jedi. That's Is good one. that critics loved it, Matthew loved it, and everyone else hated it. Because <laughs> if you go look at the user grade on Rotten Tomatoes for Last Jedi, it's uh, okay. a rotten score, whereas it's like almost a 90 or something on Rotten Tomatoes. So that is a perfect example of a it's very a one, polarizing yeah. movie, whereas I don't think this is as polarizing as maybe we might have thought. Here is what I think the movie did well.
2: Oh. Some I praise from Colin the movie did a good job of capturing some of the emotion of being a nomad and helping you feel that. I think this goes back to some of my previous conversations on previous podcasts. I like watching movies to be entertained
1: in no way, shape or form was I entertained at all doing this movie. <laughs> I think that's a great point. So I think the majority of people watch movies to be entertained and I get that. I love to be entertained. I like to laugh, but I also watch film to feel something. Um, and I like to, even if that emotion is loneliness or that emotion is sadness, it's like, why would I waste my time doing that? But there is something powerful in cinema or a book to where I get taken into a story and feel something that I would not feel because I don't experience those circumstances, and I can find value in seeing uh, different perspectives. Um, Now, I know that you've talked about this before. Sometimes watching something feels like homework because I would never want to do this, but I was asked to. Um, And I can totally understand that perspective of something like Nomadland. It's like, Why do I want to feel something like this? I just, I I want to escape to like a fantasy land, like, you know, Mordor or something with, you know, something fantasy or something sci fi. Like, I want to escape this world. And something that I think this movie very much does is it says, no, I'm going to take you deep down into the roots of some of the ugliness of America. Um, And I think some of us are like, no, I'd rather not explore that. I'd rather just go somewhere completely fictional but this is based off of a I believe a non-fiction book and what I think is fascinating about this director Chloe Zhao yeah is that she is not an American and what a lot of people have said about this film is it's the most American movie of the year which tends to get the critics to perk their ears up but it was a uh, the most American movie of the year directed by someone who's not an American and I think what's interesting about that is she came in almost in the mode of a journalist And literally went and explored all these places. One of the fascinating things about this, uh, just to give some trivia, which I always like to contribute, is Frances McDormand almost went method on this. Um, And she, one, lived in that van through the shooting um, of the film. She eventually stopped because she said, I need to act exhausted, but it's easier for me to act exhausted sometimes when I'm not completely exhausted because she was absolutely freezing and doing all this stuff. She also... In the filming of four months, that she would go to these towns and she would actually get the jobs at those places. So when they weren't shooting, she was actually serving and working in those jobs um, to actually feel that. That's cool. Um, I didn't know the that. one guy that she sort of develops like a I don't know. You think at some point it might turn romantic, but it's like this deep friendship that never makes it there. He's the only other actor that's in the movie. Every other person is literally a nomad, um, and so. You know, And all of their names are their actual names. And so I think the film actually made tried to make a valiant effort to jump into the world of these people that are unseen and unnoticed and underappreciated in our world um, and to help you feel what they might feel. Um, a couple of things that I think the film is about that I appreciate. One, I, 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 I think, again, this is a... a just another success story for Frances McDormand. I know that it doesn't seem like she does much, but I don't know if anybody can appreciate this. Sometimes to act and play something just absolutely straight and flat and emotionless-seeming is actually harder to do than one might think as an actor. Um, to it's It can almost be easier to be very you know eccentric and elaborate. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily think it's easy to do what she did. Like, I know you made a comment of just follow around and wa- watch somebody, but I think that might be what... We would think, but I think it's harder to sometimes act flat here. Let me just say two more things. I don't want to just, just hate on it Hmm.
2: entirely. Only like 97% of me wants to hate on it. Um, Two things. I texted y'all like twelve thirty last night. This movie did pass the Collins sleep test. Impressive. Um, I'm very shocked,
0: actually. I'm shocked.
2: I, <laughs> thanks for that. Not because of you, guys. No, because, but the, because of the movie actually how, could
1: put you to sleep. I guess
2: because
0: that. of how like the. Well, you
2: know, I think I was just so flabbergasted at what I was watching. It's like a train wreck <laughs> that you can't just look away from. But I think one th- tension that I felt with this in my processing of enjoying this movie was, I feel like it was either a really bad drama or like a really bad documentary. Like I feel like it was almost like documentary feeling, which is kind of cool, but it's like not an enjoyable or a good documentary. Like I feel like in my mind, and again, clearly 98% of critics and 78% of America disagrees with me. So I'm not speaking from a place of authority, but I feel like it was some of like, I want it to either be a drama or be a documentary not be a
1: drama-mentary. I get that. I think, Ben, you were talking earlier before the podcast of, I mean, obviously it's intentional, the score and so many other things that it wanted you to feel. I mean, so a documentary would have way more exposition and explaining a lot of things and this is taking your point of a vibe of a documentary because it had a lot of, like, almost real-life situation without giving exposition to it. It just wanted you to feel it without explaining everything.
2: I don't know. Every time it started mentioning, like, because I mean, that's what, I, I, I joked, but I was also serious. Like, I, the, for opening credits of the movie, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this seems like a story that I can buy into. See, small town. See downtown. what happens to it. And then I just kept on, like, waiting for something to happen. And then talked about, like, her husband dying. I was like, oh, okay, here's something I can grab onto and go in and go with. And nope, just moved on to the next city. Oh, this person has cancer? Like, gonna, like help and support them? Nope, just moves on to the next city. And I mean, I guess, to your point, Matthew, that's really Like, that's what I was going for. But so it achieved that it just made me mad the whole time no
0: i understand that's fair do you think that's representative of the character she doesn't really grasp onto anything she just moves on to the next city or am i just being way too mad no i think that's the point
1: (laughs) I I i think that she refuses so this is a woman in grief and that I believe, at least, maybe I'm reading the story wrong, but I believe that to some degree, I think that she left home to follow her husband to this job. But I don't think she was a nomad before he died. I could be wrong.
2: No, no. So, yeah. I it, don't think
1: she was. No, no they weren't. Was. That's what they yeah. kind of talked about when she was at the
2: house with her family, <clears throat> that she she went to uh, Empire. Empire, Nevada
1: to go follow her husband. And and I think that her sister was just sad she left. Yeah. But I. And think, she wasn't super supportive. I think really, to but. me, I'm always intrigued by stories of how people process grief. And one of the one of the f- things that we do that's most detrimental in our own lives when we deal with grief is that we push everybody away. So it's like almost every chance that she could have to possibly plant a root, or to stick with somebody, or to even receive help. Sometimes there was this stubborn nature of her to where it was. In your pain, very often you just you you don't want to plant roots. And what you realize is almost it, you almost get this image that she was going to make her way back to empire every year, around a certain time with Amazon, and that I think it was like she had to keep some roots, even though she was a nomad in this place, to where it's all she felt like she had left was the place where her husband had brought her. Um, this might be a terrible illustration, Ben, but you've talked about what do you call it? Like a not payback, but a payoff. Payoff. Um, I mean, thanks, yeah, aren't Colin. You proud of me for now? Yeah, huh? yeah. Thanks, man. There's an uh, and Ben has a video about that thanks yeah i do thank you Uh, but but i don't know there's so many successful (laughs) videos subscribe to mariflix on youtube mariflix there you go Uh, can you spell that out for us m-u-r-r-y-f-l-i-x there you go thanks colin subscribe now like comment um (laughs) but i think that there's actually a a payoff here and it might not be good but at the beginning it's like okay what's the big deal of it opening up at a storage place and you got all this stuff in there. And it's like,
2: I was just so happy. Cause like, I like this
1: movie. I'm like, oh, this is like relevant to today's time. I guess it's like Amazon, this is real. But I do think you have a payoff at the end of literally it ends with her actually emptying out all that and giving the keys over and choosing to move on with her life. And what to me seemed like an absolutely pointless scene of just randomly getting stuff out of your you know storage thing, can't pay for it, whatever the situation was. But then to find her like actually letting go and releasing and then somewhat seemingly, we don't know what's next for her, but choosing to go on and live her life. Um, and I guess my question is, what a part of her journey in this nomad year, because it pretty much is one year with Fern, um, is what do you think led her to finally let go and to actually be able to move on and to release that? What led her to? Like the final scene of the movie. Spoiler alert. She, It's not that exciting, folks, but she chooses to let go of her security, uh, her uh, storage thing unit and that is really the climax which seems really lame exactly but the point is (laughs) is that okay so what points of her journey along that year gave her the ability and the freedom to think that life was worth moving on past her grief
2: i would speculate that at one point her van breaks down she doesn't have the money to fix it and when she has to go home to her sister's house I think the humility in that moment caused a lot of things. And I think also that was a bit of a reminder of people in your life uh, that maybe she had been avoiding putting off or having. And so, between just that breaking point of just flat out not being able to afford her home, her van, and then also putting that next to experiencing some time with family, which I don't mean to say like it was a great time. Like there was definitely tension. And like, obviously, they're like t- telling her, well, you know, you can stay here. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm still going to do my own thing. But even I think just because she turned it down, I think there's value in them expressing that love for her nonetheless.
1: I mean, I think you've got, she was alone at the movie. You literally had neighbors in town that realized she was literally living in a van and seemingly to them unnecessary and they offered to help and she wouldn't. But I think there's a, a a move that happens in her when she finds this community in Arizona that she's not alone. And I think the value of finding a community with, you know, same same situation in life or just, you know, or finding hope when all of them seemingly had hopeless situations. I think finding an actual friend. Um, I forget her name. Swanky. Swanky. That was her name? Yeah. That's yep. cool. She, she was so she died. She, she did die. And they did Spoilers. give her a nice little funeral for her. What did she, they kept throwing things in the fire, something, I forget what it was. But, and also this guy that she ends up kind of developing a friendship with. I mean, I, I think it is, you know, these power of relationships that she found gave her the ability um, to move on. What, what do you think the film is actually trying to say also? I think it's trying to give a little bit of a critique of America, even though it might not have done what you expected, Colin. What, what do you think the film is trying to reveal um, about a, a certain sect of America? Is it a critique? Is it just to give appreciation for a group that maybe is underappreciated? Or
2: well, that was the first thing that came to my mind. There's just so much, so many groups, so many demographics, so many just situations that I mean, we have no idea about.
0: As far as a critique for America, I think uh, early on, it's kind of trying to say that you know it's difficult for people to uh, to have like a to retire. You know, it's not it's not super easy for everyone to. Um, and when people get a certain age. Uh, some it's, it's almost like society doesn't really, you know, they kind of just brush them aside. They're like, Oh, we don't really need you. And there's, there's a, there's not enough really support for these types of people. I think um, I mean, most of them were older. Yeah. And she wanted to work. She kept saying that she's like, no, I want to work. I like to work. And they were just like, Oh, we're just not really looking for that right now. And, and, um, she was able to find jobs throughout the film, but just in that beginning, she was looking for something more, you know, that paid more and more concrete or, and it was, it was difficult for her to find a job, even though she had all this
1: experience. I'm not even sure she was planning to become a nomad at that point. She was just living in a van. I think she was possibly looking to get a job in Empire.
0: Yeah, that was early on. Um, but that's, that's what I took from that part. Well, I'd love to rewind for a
2: second because I've expressed my opinion strongly in this film. I'd love to just hear some of Ben's just overall thoughts on the movie as a whole.
0: So I didn't get a whole lot from this movie. Um, I feel like I did miss a little bit of something. Maybe I need to watch it again. You don't Um, don't have to.
2: Oh, I'm not.
0: (laughs) But uh, I did appreciate the tone of the movie. Um, I liked how it made you feel. Like, the movie guided you through feeling. I was telling you this earlier. The movie really guides you through feeling and through tone and through atmosphere more so than through plot. Um, I also think this is one of those films where instead of Instead of a plot or story, it, it's a character study. Um, there's a few movies that I've seen that are just instead of this whole big thing, the structure, it's just like we're following this character and it's all wrapped around them. It's a it's very slice of life film, but it's it's centered around this one person. Um, sometimes it's two people. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, are you familiar? Are you guys familiar with Paul Thomas Anderson? I've seen I most of not. his movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so those are the two options. Um <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's a he's. which a, one are you referring to uh, which movie yeah all of his movies Um, all of his movies are very at least the ones that I've seen are are very uh, character centric are there any other movies that he's done that I might,
1: there will, uh, might have there will be blood there will be blood punch drunk love the
0: master the master was good did
2: you see the master I've
1: seen the master phantom of
2: thread I think there will be blood is the only one of those I've recognized but you haven't seen it no of course not
0: <laughs> yeah we should recommend it
1: You'll hate it's better it. than this <laughs> it's a lot better than this you'd hate it Colin
0: <laughs> Um, But yeah, his films I've noticed he does it he does it better personally in my opinion. No offense to anybody, but um, He yeah all of his movies are like that where they just they follow one character and you can look at that and I've you know what I I Saw the master in theaters and I remember thinking like I like this But I was more, I was I remember looking at people in the theater and being like huh, I wonder if they're really getting it Or if they're really enjoying this because it's really just following this person around inherent vice yep that's another one um
1: they're not I movies that, that i think a lot of people as well necessarily feel great about hmm. uh when they leave i think his one that would be different interesting i think punch drunk love i think actually has a little bit more redeeming uh i've heard nothing its... but good things about them oh nothing but good things
0: punch everyone keeps saying please watch this yes it also it's great, on my It's
1: list. punch drunk love and it's a great tribute to i think an actor that we lost way too soon philip seymour hoffman who i think was phenomenal. oh yeah and he's yeah. incredible in that
0: He's getting the master as well.
1: Um, I think Ben. One of my, you know, questions for you and start off with a go to Khan is, I think honestly, I think both of you think that the film could have had potential to be better. So, what do you think could have made this better, besides everything specifically?
0: I have to think about it.
1: No, I can. I like I said, I wanted to like it, and I
2: I, I think that's a great question because I think there's a few just little things that would have made me like it more. Like, I think I just need more exposition. Like, I. It's not dialogue heavy. It is not dialogue <laughs> heavy. I'm pretty sure there's like five minutes at a time that doesn't have anything words. That might be exaggerating. That's what it felt like. But I just was really wanting. And I. What I said to y'all before we started recording was that there's no story. And now, I, I mean, I understand that the story is her aimlessly figuring out navigating but i just i wanted to like wanted to see more of where she was going or what like what was she even looking for like you know because again there was no dialogue so it's not like she was having conversations with people for us to have a more better grasp of what's going through her head and or being a little bit more understanding, what's going on with her emotions of her uh, deceased husband. Like, I mean, really, all we talked about is her husband's deceased, and then there's just a few offhand comments throughout the movie. But it's like, is that the? I think it's, I don't. I didn't know what struggle she's trying to get over. And okay, yeah. So that that's what I'm getting at. And I don't, I don't think I really knew fully until the final scene. I didn't know if like her struggle unit. was community i didn't know if her struggle was moving past the loss of her husband i didn't know if her struggle was just i mean happiness like i didn't know what she was necessarily trying to overcome and i think some of that's just because there was less exposition or
0: dialogue to help me see those things so i I do i do think there's one thing that that would have worked better for me um but this isn't like a you know good versus bad kind of thing Um not throwing shade at chloe Zhao. she's great um please don't burn me at the stake but uh just this is just a preference thing um, for me, I would have liked to see more of uh maybe another character that she can bounce off of uh maybe a more interesting character, someone that you know she can have conflict with, and someone who could challenge her in Yeah,
2: some way. So like, or like if there was someone on this journey with her, which gonna, maybe that's you know that goes away yeah then like I thought there was the the first person that took her to. Arizona, like I appreciated. I, I guess Swanky, like I liked Swanky's character. And, oh, like, she was awesome. Those were, but those were probably like, my favorite scenes was her interacting with Swanky. And if like the plot had been more of her and Swanky end up going together on these sort of things and like navigating like that, I think immediately would have put
1: it through to another level for me. I think for me, what I found to be make Fern's character strong was you would think this was a story of her misery, but I don't think she, her character is miserable the whole movie. Um, I couldn't tell. That's what I was. Well, but but I think there is some level of contentment. Um, I think there's a level that, you know, I think even in this community she found, they find the ability to enjoy small things, um, you know, and even being like, she loved her van. I'm like, dude, I would hate this van, you know, but like it was something precious to her. Even like when her China broke, like I think about how much stuff I have in my house, like these small little things she had were precious to her, which to me would be stuff I would just chuck out and, and I thought that there were so many moments in that film to where she could break. Um, and maybe I expected that of her. That I expect, maybe that would have made it more believable if she would have, like, had an emotional breakdown. Scream, cry, like, slam your hands against the wheel, do something. And I don't know, maybe 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 I do have a critique about that for Fern, that really... You, she doesn't really let you in to know what she feels. And so is that portraying her as strong or is it she just doesn't give us enough to even know what the heck's going on, you know?
2: Um, I, I like that a lot. Like, I, I really think that's a big thing was for me. You just said it a lot better than I did.
1: Um, So I have a question. Do you think this movie
0: was solely about loss or do you think that was just kind of a, a key factor in it, but not like the whole point?
1: That's a weird thing. I, I agree because honestly, if it was all about loss, it doesn't talk much about it. You know, I mean, you've got... You know her husband died. You see kind of liberation of that at the end. You hear some other characters that had loss. Um, but I, yeah, I don't really know. I I think that there. I think it was also trying to highlight something positive in the midst of what the world, like the world, could tear like this community down. You don't get the idea that most of these people are like sad or grieving loss or. I mean, I think. I don't know. I I think it's showing a different mindset of life. Um, even though it's not a happy happy movie, I don't think it's like, I don't think everybody's depressed. Like Swanky has cancer. She has an amazing perspective. Like, um, I don't know. What do you think, Ben?
0: I mean, there was a line later when he's uh towards the end. I think I think it is just turning the the good into bad. You know, and like taking the the bad and the good sorry sorry the bad and yeah, the good to. um i think i think it does have to do with that uh like because like you said you don't really know that everybody has like lost anybody but like when you talk to them and they get real with you then they start to open up a little about the, the way their life has changed or the things they've lost the people they've lost and so uh, there's a line where he says um their lifestyle allows them to never have to say a final goodbye
1: mm, what's to say see you down the road
0: yeah see you down the road and it ends with that text, you know, see you down the road. And I think that is the the way that they're putting a positive spin on uh, on maybe their lives that maybe didn't work out.
1: Uh, and I think there's something to be said of, uh, I saw a film critic talk about the value of this, of like maybe in each of your lives you can think back to people you might not even be in proximity with right now. Yeah. But that had you not bumped into them for those small little, like, small little bumps of relationship, you probably wouldn't be where you are now. And... I think that this community that she found had a deep value for one another, even though they might not see each other again for years. But I don't think Fern would have found her way to the end of the movie without random bump-ins with people that I think so often I write off, if I don't see someone, like, I mean, honestly, I can have like a best friend that moves away and I don't talk to him again for ever. you know? Like... But I feel like for, they had a deep appreciation for even small points of contact with people. Even like that high school, like that younger boy that she like bumped into, that she bumped into again. Like she cared to like invest in his life. And um, you know, and I, I feel like that was the type of person she was. And I don't know, I, I, it made me wanna think about who are the people I've forgotten? <laughs> like who are, the, who are the people in my life that actually impacted me that I've just completely forgotten along the way? Well, here's the deal. At minimum, I watch better movies. I think uh, even to our own disdain, there's going to come a day that I think we should recognize that we should actually not just watch something we recommend, but to look at something that is culturally significant at the time and our, you know, that might be underappreciated like this because it is getting movie uh, recognition. There might be a award next year that we're like, we all hate this, but like, let's actually dive into it. So I appreciate y'all's willingness to uh, watch something. I do think uh, looking back, I don't know that I loved it as much as I thought I did initially. And sometimes you look back, I, I do this often. I rate a movie with stars or whatever, and then I I rate it initially and then I go back and I change it. Sometimes I change it to worse, sometimes I change it to better. Um so I don't know if this what what do they call it? Um sit like uh, you know like uh what the effect would be, but I don't know if this has a lasting love that I like I'm gonna appreciate more longer uh, later on. But I appreciate your uh endurance. Uh Ben, I think you have the recommendation for the next movie. Do I?
0: Do I? Yes I do. I do, Colin. You do. Okay. <laughs> um yeah so uh, gonna definitely recommend a movie that's very similar to uh nomad land absolutely uh clue <gasps> which is a comedy no it's not similar at all is the guy that's in um, Clue
1: also in monty python
0: no it's a uh, tim curry oh. um he's one tim curry christopher lloyd a couple other great actors um i honestly think you guys are both really gonna like it i wasn't i was i was almost not going to recommend it because i you felt like I'll everybody laugh? yeah if you don't then you're a robot
1: Okay, I'm holding you
2: to it. I don't know, maybe you'll be the
1: you'll be the antagonist of the next podcast, Matthew. No, I... Oh, do you not want to watch it? No, I want to watch Clue. I, I paroled through my letterbox of my reviews and a few of the lowest reviews I've given in the past couple years. I, uh, I did give two and a half stars to The Lion King, the uh, real-life... Uh, not animated one, but the new one. The live action, actually, because
0: it's the same movie you've already seen.
1: Yeah, but as a kid. But wait, just I, it, it it, it, it ruins something I loved. I, I sadly watched a documentary called "Hail Satan," which uh, it's a documentary on Satanism. Oh, How was that? That does remind <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not um, give it flash, though. <laughs> I don't think I can be a Christian path. Satanism, <laughs> one star. We, 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 we ooh, ooh, <laughs> Vice Vice uh, with uh, that came out. Uh, uh, Adam McKay, who directs a lot of different comedies, had a, uh, um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Chris the one about Cheney. Cheney. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. No? It wasn't good? No. Oh, bummer. That's on my list. I mean, I think there's some funny moments of it, but I just thought it was... And then, honestly, I didn't like Creed 2 at all. And I didn't like Crazy Rich Asians, which a lot of people loved.
0: Ah, I liked Crazy Rich Asians in Creed. I need to watch it again. For some I've seen I'd Crazy see. Rich Asians.
1: I don't know why I didn't I like it. it. I love chick flicks. I didn't like it. <laughs> I liked it. But anyway, I, I, I do know think... Why.
2: You can also cut this if we need to, Night but front. maybe we should put a, a, a cya oh. This is a rated R movie. Oh. Uh, you I'm might should not watch it here. with uh, small children. Uh, not from like that. There's a lot of bad stuff, but oh, there's a it scene.
1: Just, there's a scene I forgot about. About she decided to fl- it, to, to river. poop
0: in the van. The oh, poop's Florida. fine.
1: <laughs> the pee's fine. It shows. We'll just say it shows Pooping every aspect fine. of living in a <laughs> van. You don't See the poop, <laughs> and you don't see the pee. It's from you, far. You hear it you quite hear the vividly, pee dripping, and you hear the poop.
0: Yep, you hear it quite vividly. You do.
1: Well, can we not all relate? <laughs> can you so imagine the loneliness of pooping ha- in your again. van <laughs> in a bucket? <laughs> just be aware. Uh, like I said,
2: it's a very small part of this movie, but yes. be aware. I'm very sorry. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's winning awards. I mean, lots. That of doesn't
1: justify.
2: Oh,
0: uh, to change the subject, there is one more thing I forgot to mention. <laughs> there's one more thing I forgot to mention. So, uh, her her co-star, David uh, Stratham. co-star is yes. a very strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matthew's laughing because he's absolutely right. Because um, because he does it because he's barely there. You know, he like shows up every now and uh, then. I think Condis doesn't think there's a star.
1: <laughs> <Like, laughs> Co actor. What's less than a star? Co person standing there. Co meteorite. <laughs> Um, Might as well have been a mannequin.
0: Just... <laughs> so that actor, he, uh, he, I, I actually see him in a lot of movies, and he always plays like a like a jerky like antagonist. You know, yeah, he always know plays you. like that that uptight guy. Um, but in this movie, he doesn't really play that role. But what I what I did think was interesting was I noticed there's. Do you remember when uh, she met his son? Yeah. So I noticed his son looked a lot like him, and I found out that that's actually his real son in real life. But what does this have to do with Barbara Streisand? Uh, what? Because I have. Sorry, I'm peeking on Ben's notes. Are you looking at my notes. Maybe I just like writing Barbara I was, Streisand. I,
2: I was wondering what it had to do with our CYA. But I was like, I think he's trying to get us back on course. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm trying to get us out of uh, poop and pee sounds <laughs> in, in movies and peeing in buckets. That to make you feel. <laughs> feel. Oh, she
1: didn't pee in the bucket. She peed in field. Feel what? Matthew? Holding onto a fence. That I was scared I was gonna let. You and hear.
0: we're back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm excited to watch clue
2: yes clue is great is man i think you guys clue? are gonna i think like it. i don't think so we're done talking about that but there's I think a lot
0: of stuff in clue but not poop and pee
2: i did not love this movie i don't hate myself for watching it one time i think if you are into movies like nothing hurts it doesn't hurt to watch anything one time and so if you are into good movies and critic movies like go ahead give it a watch see what you think of it develop your own opinions uh this is not a movie you're going to sit down and watch with your whole family and go away loving it. Not even just because of that. I don't even like, think you it's boring. Like,
0: yeah. yeah, it's a good character study movie, I think. Yeah, um, Barbara Streisand was the first woman to win Best Director for Golden Globes. Ha! That's why I read it written down. You should have said that earlier. Just in case, you know.
2: I should have said it earlier, you're right. Well, thank you, Matthew, for helping me watch a movie I wouldn't otherwise watch.
1: Oh, I'm always here for that. <laughs>
0: Uh, so that'll do it for the podcast. Don't forget <laughs> to... <laughs> <That's poop. laughs> right. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash movies, and let us know what film you think we should do next. Thanks for listening. Peace.